Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this wonderful Tuesday morning? A little bit cold down here in, in southwestern Florida. Not really by standards of the Northeast, but for Florida, it's a little bit on the colder side. I don't know if it's going to go above it's in the 60s yesterday, 60s today. I know most people probably would love that. Would love that. Uh, uh, would love that that temperature. So this morning, I really wanted to talk about e-collars and um, all the misinformation that's surrounding e-collars. The reason, well, first of all, let's establish a couple of terms. It's always good to establish terms, so we're all on the um, uh, 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 all on the same all on the same page. E collars, remote collars, and shock collars, and I've called them all, and I will always call them all. It all depends on, you know, what I'm feeling like saying at the time. But I will absolutely be the one that calls them also shock cowers, which everybody likes to hide from. But e-cower technology, dog truck, Garmin, sport dog, those are the four major brands. And those are the ones I only use two of them. Um, I find that the way we train, we have a very specific way we train, and we'll get into that later. We have a very specific way we train, so Dogtra and eCower technology are very conducive to that because of their roll-up dial, which allows you to go from 0 to 100, 0 to 127, and depending on what you're training. I think the motivation behind this show was me seeing comments from people who are misinformed, very misinformed. I think most people who are against e-cowers are just very misinformed. I mean, if they were informed and if they knew how awesome they were, they would not be so against them. I think the motivation behind the biggest misinformation is we that they only people that use e-cowers only use pain to train the dog. That's a false statement. Now, are there people that do that? I don't I'm sure there is. Somewhere out there, I'm sure there is. I mean, they were originally made to, to uh, inflict pain to keep dogs away from rattlesnakes out on ranches. And older technology, like a car having to be wound up to start, getting in the front of it, or older technology like dial-up internet, or older technology like many medical procedures that were highly invasive that are not um, invasive anymore have 
changed. But that's not even the point. I, I don't even usually like to go down that road because it doesn't really matter in 2023. And the people that are against them in 2023 got their information in 2023 about the current ones. They're just parroting and repeating what they have heard. It's sort of like just saying, um, slap, you know, this is the common, this is the common thing. Slapping on an e-cower, shocking the dog so it does what you want. That's like me saying, because we use food to train. We use a lot of food to train. That's like me saying, just shoving food in the dog's face and expecting it to do what it does. That's also a very false statement. So there's opinion and there's fact. And whenever you want to, and people, you, and someone can disagree with something and they can have their own opinion, they're entitled to their own opinion, but facts are still facts. And facts don't care about your opinions. Thank you, Ben Shapiro. So when people are having usually arguments about them, very rarely will you see a rational discussion about them. They're spouting opinions or they're spouting some study which does not exist. Like last Friday's show is based on opinion, not fact, about the American Veterinary Association, blah, 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 blah. I don't even remember their whole name, and nor do I know who these, these people are. And they, they are basing their uh, uh, mission statement on emotional opinion, not fact. And people can quote studies, but meanwhile, there are many studies out there um, that will, where are they? Look them up. I cannot quote them for you right now, but there are studies out there that will say, you know, negative reinforcement using a punisher is actually a highly effective way to stop an unwanted behavior. But I will go one further, using an e-collar in a way that we use e-collars and Thousands of other dog trainers and millions of owners use them to train behaviors. You will hear that e-cowers instill pain, discomfort, fear. That's a big one. To train the dog. I can tell you right now that the lack of an e-collar and using another tool can do the same. I have seen in the 20 years that I've been training, traveling the world, many people train in many different modalities and I'm finding e-collar trainers, e-collars are actually the least invasive, most successful way for your average family pet owner to train their dog. People have got to understand these people that are against e-collars that 
the majority of people that own dogs are not dog trainers and even a many, many dog trainers are not skilled dog trainers and the majority of dog trainers cannot stop nor do they work with difficult dogs. Now that is based on my observation. That is based on my colleagues' observations. That is based on my clients. Great example is aggression, leash reactivity, dogs with no food drive. In 2023, we are seeing more and more dogs that are not motivated by anything. So if you want to train your dog and it's not motivated by a toy, physical touch, food, praise, any type of reward, and you want to train that dog, what are you left with? If you only have an ideology of reward only. To make a statement that says that, that reward-based training is the best way to train the dog is sort of like the 1950s to current saying this is the best way to train to educate children. I've never gotten an A in my life in school but I am capable of learning lots of things, but not the way the school taught it. And there's many children like me out there, many adults out there that are like me. And then someone would say, well, if I put an e-collar on you, Jeff, then right away you know that they're not rational thinkers. We're talking about two different things. We're talking about learning. We're talking about learning theory. You can use an e-collar to train every obedience command as we show live in a very non-invasive, non-painful, positive way. There are thousands of videos out there that show it. We also have videos of us training with food. That's how we start the majority of dogs, if they will take food. And if you've worked with enough dogs out there, not just your personal dog, but many people's personal dogs don't take food. And they, and they, they, they know this. They will tell you this. My dog has no interest in food. My dog is not, does not have food drive. I'm having a hard time training my dog. Well, for starters, you should understand leash pressure. 
for starters. You should have good leash handling skills and understand what compulsion training is, which is leash pressure. The pressure that a leash applies to a collar to move the dog to certain positioning. A great example is if the dog is lagging behind, you can pop on the leash a little bit. Dog can speed up. If a dog is pulling too hard, you can just stand, hold on, and wait for the dog to come back. Well, that's leash pressure. Now, if you understand that e-collars that have a hundred variable levels, you will understand that there are many ways to train a dog with an e-collar. Now, Right off the bat, I will absolutely go over when we do use pain and discomfort with an e-collar. Because to say that you don't would be, maybe some people don't, but I think a lot of trainers will say they don't because they don't want to be truthful. They might not know and they want social media equity and they want people to like them and they don't want to um, portray e-cowers in a negative light. I'd rather just give everybody all the information and how helpful using an e-cower on a very high level can save your dog's life. such as stopping a dog from counter-surfing. Now, there are many ways to stop a dog from counter-surfing. Usually, it's through fear and discomfort, though. You need to use some aversive, though, to do so. You can actually take a spoon with peanut butter or whatever your dog likes, put it at the edge of the counter, take some thin fishing line or thin uh, twine, attach it to a bunch of empty soda cans, and the dog goes to grab the... um, or attach it to a bunch of, probably not pots and pans, because that would be too heavy, but attach it to a bunch of empty soda cans, and the dog grabs the spoon, grabs it off the counter, the soda cans come crashing down, and it scares the shit out of the dog. 
Not every dog. Some dogs actually wouldn't care. Now, you just instilled fear into the dog. So you did use fear for training. That's why the dog doesn't, that's why the dog hopefully will stop. What I find to be much more effective is if a dog jumps up on the counter, you would, quote unquote, shock, stim, correct the dog at a very high level for jumping on the counter, inflicting discomfort. And this is not permanent discomfort. This is in the moment discomfort. Dogs don't walk around. The other day I, I uh, uh, fell. Um, my bike got caught up. I wasn't even riding it yet. I was getting out. It was got caught up in um, Angelo's soccer net. And I was holding onto a dog and the dog was ready to go. And I wasn't. And I fell and smashed my head on the carport concrete. Um which number one, my shoulder is still in pain and my head hurt all day. So I changed my behavior with how I get three dogs. I had three dogs with me. I think Joel has a video of um, me biking with three dogs. Um, and one of them was brand new to it, um, with three dogs, the dog had biked with, uh, Duke and Coco have biked together with me, but not, you throw in another dog, Bruno, which the dog, they don't really know. And that was a different mix. The point being that hurt for a while, my shoulder still hurts and it's been three days. Um, you get bit by a dog that's painful while it does it. And it's painful for days after you get pulled over by your dog and you dislocate your shoulder. That's pain for a while. So inflicting pain or inflicting momentary discomfort play on words, but to say then that it ruins the relationship. You know what ruins the relationship of you and your dog is your dog getting in the trash, eating something and dying. That ruins the relationship. Is every time you walk home, get home from work, your dog jumps on you, scratches you, knocks you over, you yell at your dog. Happens every day, as it does with many dogs. If anybody out there is dog savvy and speaks to enough people and trains dogs for a living, but even if they just talk to enough people or their dog might be doing it, they know that it happens to them, if it does happen to them, and they know they 
yell at their dog unless they enjoy it. But people that don't enjoy it, yell at their dog. That's more harmful to the relationship than anything else. I think this is an opinion that yelling at your dog all the time makes for a shitty relationship. Also, it stresses you out. And stress is not healthy for the human or the dog. We see many dogs that have an innate fearful behavior when they come into our training center and we have not even worked with them and the owners put on their application, my dog is always fearful everywhere it goes. Or my dog is fine in the house, but as soon as it steps outside, it's fearful. And I don't know about anybody else, but I'm a firm believer that dogs should be outside a lot. So the information that is thrown out there, the universal statement that is thrown out there that e-cowers, shock cowers are only used for inflicting pain and fear that's why they should be banned which is a whole nother conversation which we're not going to really talk about is false just like saying dog food makes dogs fat, which is true. But I feed my dogs dog food. Well, I feed my dogs human food, but I feed my dogs every day and they are not fat. Meanwhile, other people feed food to their dogs and they are fat because they feed too much. I eat food and I'm in good shape. Other people eat too much food the majority of the majority of the US population actually and are overweight so food is bad no food is not bad a lot of food is bad a lot of food in the US is bad a ton of food in the US is bad our drinking water is bad water is good for you tell that to the people of detroit There's different qualities of water out there. So if people would be open enough to understand fully how and actually see how an e-cowler is used properly. And we have videos that show it. We actually did it live. It's available. You can get it right online on our academy live unedited you're not going to see a dog in fear and in pain and we see fearful dogs all the time 
with no e-collar on at all. And then everyone will say, well, something must have happened to that dog. It's actually the opposite. Not enough happened to that dog. Not enough happened to that dog. That's usually why dogs are fearful because they actually don't experience enough things. They have been babied their whole life. They have been not exposed to enough environmentals. They have not been properly socialized. Socialized also means not meeting lots of people, but experiencing lots of things. Sounds, sights, textures, smells, nature, different temperatures, being in the rain, being in the snow, walking on rocks, walking on sand, walking on wet grass, walking on uh, uh, concrete, walking on slippery floors. So I've been talking about e-cowers. I've been podcasting and on the radio for 13, probably 14 years now, but 13 years. I've been talking about it loud and proud. Making videos on e-cowers. And you never saw people make videos on e-cowers. You just never saw it. Many people that were against them out there, many realized the power of them and used them. And not just to correct their dog, but to actually fully train their dog. I, I think when people have the wrong information, they make the wrong assumptions. And the problem and why I speak so much about this is because dogs are dying, being rehomed, being surrendered at an alarming rate right now, at an alarming rate. And I think it's, there's a lot of variables that we can, I don't talk about and get involved into the breeding spectrum. That's not my, um, I don't have enough knowledge to actually talk about that, but I'm apt, but I know I can tell that dogs are not being bred well. There is owners who are getting dogs with no knowledge whatsoever about even the basics. We don't even need to even talk about an e-cower conversation. We can just talk about a raising an animal conversation, raising a dog conversation, teaching the basics conversation. 
teaching the basics of like obedience, sit down, like place, and not just as a parlor trick, but actually as a functional command. A functional command. As always, during my podcast, I've got dogs usually next to me. Right now, I only have one, which is my personal Malinois, who has not been out. You know, Malinois are high drive and crazy. But for some reason, every podcast I've done since I've owned Tex, he's been on a dog bed, just laying down there, resting. And he's not been on... He's had zero exercise. And he's not even wearing a collar. I mean, it's like this is dog dog ownership, proper dog ownership. So let's get back to e-cowers. You know how I like to just get off the beaten path many times and go on down all kinds of different roads. More roads than than Dorothy. So when you fully understand that an e-cower in a very gentle way can communicate with a dog up to a mile away, you realize what a great tool it is. When you fully understand that you can correct a dog for making a mistake and then it reverses itself and it makes the right choice, you'll understand how great of a tool it is. When you fully understand that it takes many hours to train a dog on an e-collar, probably more hours to train a dog on an e-collar than it does without an e-collar. But you can do more things with it. I think a lot of people are will watch a a uh, let's say say there's a trick training show or a nose work or a bite work or a dancing with a dog or a competition dog show they're amazed and it, it is all amazing stuff. I won't, will not disagree with that. But that is a small minority of the dogs out there. The majority of family pet dogs, which is what I do, don't know shit. They don't even, they do not even know the basics. They do not even know the basics. I went out to dinner Saturday night with Angelo, I believe. We went to an outdoor cafe. Again, I document my words. It's all documented. The reason why I documented because I put it on social media to help other people and show people um, 
how awesome dogs can be. And Bruno, who has a hard time lying down and being quiet, was lying down and being quiet. And he's been trained now to lie down and be quiet. He's, he was a, he's a whiner. And there was another dog at another restaurant. There's downtown Sarasota. There's tons of restaurants across from us. And the dog was not behaving badly at all. But it was standing up for at least an hour just in front of, on the side of the table, just staring at the owner. Just standing there looking at the owner. Not in like some focused training situation but maybe you wanted um maybe you wanted to uh uh get some food or maybe that's what he used to owner wasn't bothered i'm not bothered the owner's uh, uh partner guest date wife girlfriend wasn't bothered nobody on the street was bothered But my first question always is, why can't that dog just be lying down quietly underneath the table or underneath a chair? Wouldn't it be more relaxed? I mean, imagine, I don't know what goes on in dogs' brains necessarily, even though I understand how they learn there must have been a level of stress for a dog to be standing up like, like waiting for something for over an hour instead of lying down quietly under a chair. But it's not barking. It's not whining. It's not trying to bite anybody. And you don't need an e-cower to train it. But whining... Stopping whining in e-cower is a fantastic tool to use at a low level. Now, there are trainers out there that will say they only use low levels. If they're telling the truth, they'll be limited on what they can train and what they can rehab. Now, eventually you can get there, but to stop it on want to behavior, dogs don't feel low levels. Dogs historically in drive don't feel low levels. Remote cowers are fantastic for training a very reliable recall. Now, there are many people out there they can train a very reliable recall off of prey without one. Good for them. It's impressive. I'm being honest. It's very impressive. Most working cattle dogs, sheep herding dogs, are not using e-cowers. Again, impressive. Most of those dogs are Genetically designed, genetically picked 
to do that job, bread specifically. As a family pet dog trainer, I don't have that liberty to do. I have to work with a dog that is put in front of me. And I know that certain training modalities will not work. And any dog trainer out there knows that as well. They know that as well. So for instance, I'm going to get to the questions, but Lori says, my dog is getting aggressive at the fence line. Is there a video for that? This is one of the great examples how an e-cower can stop the dog in a few seconds from doing that. You don't need a video because I'm going to tell you how to do it right now. You don't need a video. I would like to know how that is accomplished without an e-cower from inside the house, the human is inside the house. I would like to know how that is stopped. How do you stop a dog from running up and down the fence line, barking its head off without a knee cower? I would honestly like to know. And then I would like to know is using an e cower more efficient and effective? You get yourself an e-cower, a shock collar, remote collar, call it what you want. They are all the same things. That's another thing that dog trainers love to argue about. It's just all ego-based argument. And when the dog, and the dog does not need any previous training whatsoever. They actually do not need to be conditioned to it. And the dog is doing the behavior and you first need to understand how to fit the e-collar, but you also need to know how to fit a harness, flat buckle collar, martingale. Like that's why they do come in different sizes, right? Would you put an 18 inch long nylon collar on a 10 pound dog? No, you wouldn't. You'd put a, an appropriate length and fit collar on the dog. So you need to have good fit on the dog so you have good contact. And the owner's manual, there is an owner's manual in every box. We have videos. Many people have videos on that. And when the dog is doing that, you set the e-collar on a higher level. How high? You'll find out. You'll find out. And you, quote unquote, shock, correct, stim, call what you want, the dog. I like to do it in a, at least five seconds because I want to inflict, yes, I want to inflict discomfort for that bad behavior because I want it to stop.
the dog will most likely scream. Dogs scream for lots of things. Go to any grooming shop there is. Go to any vet office there is. And historically, they come off the fence. They might all of a sudden be afraid of the fence, afraid of barking at the fence. And they stop the behavior. And then they go about their business. They might try to run inside, but they stop, you know, the behavior. And they don't repeat it usually. If it's a high enough inhibitor, which is what you are applying or instilling, that's how you stop behaviors by instilling an inhibitor. Now, someone can say, well, if my dog is fence fighting, I just call my dog back in. My dog comes back to me. That's wonderful. But you didn't stop fence fighting. You just trained your dog recall while it's in drive fence fighting. But you didn't stop fence fighting. There is a difference. My car doesn't move. My car can't go down the road. Get five people, push it down the road. Sure it does. The car went down the road fine. No, 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 no. My dog does, my car doesn't drive down the road. I, I can't turn on the engine and drive it down the road. Oh, I see. That's what you meant. Sorry, I thought you just said your dog didn't go down the road and we just, I grabbed four of my buddies and we just pushed it down the road. It went down the road fine. So e-collars are, are, are wonderful when you, this is the thing, when you don't know about something, before you make a statement, you should, uh, like I just made a statement, I would like to know how you stop fence fighting from inside your house in an efficient way. And a lot of people will say, well, that's because you don't want to spend the time. No, it's because there's a very efficient time-saving way to do it, which is why people use calculators, email, next day delivery, And my audience historically is for e-cowers. But if someone's against e-cowers, I'd be happy to have a discussion. But number one, I'd like to know how many dogs, the first question I would have is, how many dogs have they trained on an e-cower? And if they haven't trained any dogs on an e-cower, You're entitled to an opinion, 
if you haven't seen an e-cower trainer train a dog on an e-cower, you're entitled to an opinion. But I think it's important that first people have all of the correct information before they make a decision. And we live in a world now of hearsay and headlines. When you are told, as many of my clients have been told how terrible they are, and then they realize that what they're doing isn't working, and then they hear about how wonderful they are, and then they start using them, and then they realize, wow, I have a better relationship with my dog. My dog listens to me more. I stopped the unwanted behaviors. I trained what I wanted to do, and I'm so glad I started using e-cowers. And the argument that they're banned in certain countries is a ridiculous argument. They're not banned in countries under the guise of um, under the guise of uh, it's more humane for dogs. That's like saying women can't drive in certain countries under the guise of public safety, and women have to keep their whole body enshrouded in a sheet because men won't be able to control themselves if they see any female skin. And how homosexuality is banned, like in the EAU, it's banned. Under the guise of that, I'm not quite sure why. There are 300 chemicals that are illegal around the, in other countries around the world, but not banned in the U.S. because they're so toxic. I believe eight minerals make up an electric car battery. They need eight minerals, and, I, and I'm believe all of them are illegal to be mined in the U.S., even though we have them here. So they're mined in China. And that's where we get our electric batteries from. That's where that whole, our electric car is actually better for the environment than um, not. And that's another argument for another day for that's why I want to do another podcast, frankly, because are they really more environmentally friendly when those minerals are not allowed to be mined in the U S because it's too dangerous, toxic, bad for human health to do. So we let them be mined and, Africa, China, where the government is happy to do it for money and not worried about the health of their, their employees. The 
biggest thing I'm seeing right now in the dog training industry is the lack of education, the increase of catchphrases, adopt, don't shop, which I don't believe in. I believe in adopting dogs, but I believe in shopping for dogs because either way you're making a purchase, it's a financial transaction. And many of the dogs that you are, are, are adopting possibly came from a breeder where somebody surrendered it to. And the people say, well, every good breeder takes back their dog. Not always. And some people just drop it off at the shelter instead. And then you adopt that dog and you love that dog and it's the best dog you've ever had, but it originally came from a breeder. Like every dog in a shelter came from somewhere. They're not raised in a garden like a vegetable. They came from somewhere. Where did they come from? Everybody thinks they came from puppy mills and backyard breeders. No. Because when, when, when grandma dies and she has a five-year-old golden retriever that she got from a good breeder, And when an elderly person dies or a younger person dies, the estate has to be, um, the state has to, the estate has to be divided. And, and, and the just, you know, children that might live from all over the place, they split the estate up and the dog goes to, um, The dog goes to the shelter. Linda's mom I say Linda, shame on me. I was thinking about her cat. Joel's mother just died. And her dog went to one of her daughters. Tex, my Malinois, was on the way. To, his owner committed suicide, unfortunately. His owner was a client of ours, committed suicide. And um, they were going to take the dog to a shelter. They called us up. They're like, nobody in the family wants this Malinois. Tex was human aggressive and dog aggressive. And I said, sure, we'll take him. And he came to the shelter. He came to the shelter. He came to us and we thought uh, he'd be a good, you know, company dog to help out with you know, socialization and, you know, different things. We always need dogs. We always need dogs that we know to help rehab other dogs. 
socialization sessions. Um, I ended up uh, uh, bringing him home, I think five years ago. That's where text came from. But he was going to be in a shelter. Now, where did he originate? I believe his owner got him from a breeder. But his family didn't know where he, where he, where he actually got him from. So I got him. It's a great dog. But if we would have been in the shelter, somebody would have adopted him in. So if folks educated themselves about e-collars and stopped listening to headlines, stopped listening to all of the rhetoric out there and fully understood the power of an e-collar and what you can do, And then what you can do with an e-collar and how you can fully train a dog and you can stop so many unwanted behaviors. You can break through to a fearful dog. E-collars are one of the most fantastic tools to rehab a fearful dog. And a lot of folks will say, so you shock a dog that's already fearful? Well, that's one way to look at it, I guess. But most fearful dogs, you can't motivate through food. Believe it or not, some sort of compulsion is great for getting dogs over fear. And the reason why I know this is because we've done it thousands of times successfully. When you know better, you do better. As someone that's been using e-cowers for about 18 years, so not my whole career, we're seeing incredible results happen. We're seeing dogs being trained and rehabbed that everybody else has given up on. And they're living happily ever after till the end of their natural life. There's also folks that feel that, well, do I always have to have the e-collar on? And I'm like, does anybody ever ask that about any other collar working farm dogs don't have collars on so some of them have no e a lot of them have no e-collars on that's fine a lot of people will you know when you go to shows but again those are that's that's a show it's not real life i know my gosh anybody that's in agility knows this Many agility dogs that perform at a high level are very aggressive. 
So what can we do? We can keep putting out videos that educate, inform, truthfully. Because there's many trainers out there that are saying, well, we don't use e-cowers at high levels. They want to be the nice shock cower trainer. That's what it boils down to. And, I, and, and the first thought that comes into my mind is I'm like, number one, what's a high level and what do you do? Do you rehab aggression? And then my second thought is, are you being truthful? Or are you lying? And I'm seeing a lot of people make a statement that they only use low levels, but I know them. I've seen them train and they're lying because they don't just use low levels. but they're worried about social media pushback. And then there's folks that say, well, I just use tone and vibrate, which is, which is a stupid statement. Number one, tone is a marker. That's all it is. And vibrate can, and I've seen it many times, freak out a dog more than a stim. There's also a proceed. A, a, we we have a four step. We show it in our videos. See, this is the thing: is like we have we have videos that show this stuff. We have a four step process and how we train a dog in obedience on a on a knee cower. It's called priming, CS, NCS, and then correction. So we can have a reliable dog with high levels of distraction outside at a distance under control. If folks would stop just listening, I'm sorry, just arguing and just and just do the research your own research i'm not asking you to see i'm not we're not asking you to be like hey if you really want to find out the effects of acid magic mushrooms try them yourself don't believe what you read try it yourself I also don't put ECAP. I've put an e-cower on myself. And yeah, I did it for views. But that's a stupid comparison. It's a stupid comparison to say, would you put it on your child? That is, a, that's such a, people that make that statement are very small-minded and they're not 
rationally thinking and they're obviously not capable of a discussion. Many people are not capable of a rational discussion. There are many things I don't agree with, but I understand. There are things that I don't agree with and I don't understand. I don't understand why women in certain countries cannot leave the house without a family member. I don't understand that. Ritz crackers are banned in certain countries. Eight, I believe. Ritz crackers. So again, this. Hey, buddy. Hey, Papa. How are you? Good. Papa, how's the podcast going? Good. Hey, guys. Oh. Hey, guys. What? Why are you smiling at? Because you make me happy. So what do we have for questions? Murph. This is a bunch of good mornings. Good morning from Murph. Good morning from JoJo. Good morning from Brittany. Good morning from Deb. Deb, I am up. I've been up since early. Three. Devin, what's up, Jeff? Looking forward to whatever shit you're saying this morning. Thanks. Um, Dan says it hit 60s in Rhode Island. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah, Rhode Island's got interesting weather. This weekend is our big uh, moving sale at the training center in Rhode Island. Big moving sale this weekend in Rhode Island. Everything is for sale. I've been at that training center for 11 years. Almost 11 years. And it's every, there's some things we're bringing down there, but a small, you know, 5% of the 5%, 95% of the stuff that's there is for sale. Is it Saturday or Sunday? I think it's Sunday. 10 to 6. Joel's going to put an ad up today. Casa says, good morning. Good morning, Brittany. Good morning, Jeff. You're probably sick of my daily updates. No, by now. I moved from the backyard to the driveway last night for heels, still in the NCS stage. Brittany, um, let's see. I had to go up a few on the remote, like five. You're always going to have to. Don't worry about it. The higher the level of distraction, um, the higher the level of the distraction, the higher you go up on the levels. And it's no different than if your dog's not listening, use HVT's high value treats. Don't ever worry about the numbers. 
But your dog doesn't feel the number that's higher, like a higher number when it's distracted. So don't ever worry about that. That's the biggest downfall of folks. Put a, put a piece of tape over the... Um, Put a piece of tape over the numbers and pay attention to the dog. Once we get into the front yard, his mind starts to race. Exactly. It's called distractions. That's why so many dogs listen in dog class, but as soon as they go outside, they don't listen at all. I did have to put pressure on a few times to get him in a good mindset. Great. Excellent. No, no, we're moving in the right direction. Awesome. Awesome. Snuggle buns. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Brittany, I even walked two houses down in the heel. I can't even believe this. My dog is crazy poor. So this is huge. My hard work is paying off. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's so awesome to hear. We're moving in the right direction. Awesome. Awesome to hear. Now, Brittany, to, to speed things up, when as soon as you go into the front yard, you might actually have to correct the dog. So you might actually be going, first of all, your progress is incredible, but I want you to um, not be as stressed, you the human, and I want your dog to make as much progress as possible. But as soon as your dog starts racing, looking around, correct high. Then dial back down. Great. Now you're paying attention. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now we go back to what we're working on. We do that all the time, highly successfully, all the time. Five is nothing. Going up five is nothing. Nothing. These are, these are on towers that go up to a hundred. Five is nothing. We have dogs that when, when Tex was trained, he was trained in single digits when he's in the woods, he's at no lower than, well, the only time I would need it is coyote season. So he's at a hundred. Because the only time he won't listen is if he's chasing a coyote. He listens now, but the first time he chased a coyote, he didn't listen. He didn't care about 100. He recalls without a collar on. He's done thousands of recalls with no e-collar on. Chasing a coyote? Different story. And I'm far from the only one that experiences that. And he has great recall. From not chasing a coyote, not so good that day. So that's great, Brittany, that you're making progress. But I'm going to challenge you, Brittany. 
Next time you go to the front yard, when your dog's mind is racing, correct high, then go into training mode. Not that correcting high is not training mode, but then go back into training mode. You watch how your dog is more attentive. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Nice one, Britt. Kim says, E. Cowher is a great communicator. He tried to, uh, he tried to go into Jagger bushes to get a ball, a no, and Stim, he made the decision to not go in there. Yeah. It's a huge, it's huge safety issue too. Keeping dogs away from livestock, from porcupines, skunks, snakes, going off, you know, into traffic. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Kim. Brittany says, I'm so proud. No one else understands my excitement, so I had to share here. Well, people probably don't, they're not in your, they're not in your footsteps. Or they are in your footsteps, but they just don't care as much as you do. Many people can't walk their dog. Or many people don't care how their dog walks. They don't care how their dog walks. They might not know what it's like to have a well-trained dog. That's another thing that I didn't even touch on. People don't even know what a, it's like to own a well-trained dog that you can actually take everywhere in a listens. Uh, Peggy says, I'm doing the Green Graduate program and I'm working on the remote collar in place. The minute I put the remote collar on, Fudge freezes up and he goes to place, but then doesn't want to get off. All right, so did you go through all the steps? And to get him off, he should have a, if, if you're starting to use it, he should still have a leash on. The dog should have a leash on all the way through the whole program. So he doesn't want to come off, you pull him off. You pull him off. You say the word break or whatever your release word is, you pull him off and you can actually stim on that. Don't let him. I'm ready to do um, our reps, but he's not ideas. Please, do you leave the prong collar on with the e-collar? Yeah. But but it's more about you have the leash on the dog. You need to have a leash on the dog. The remote collar does not tell the dog what to do. Dog training tells the dog what to do. So the food does not tell a dog what to do. Dog training tells the dog what to do. See, that's another thing. People are, people are, you know, use food, but it's like, but you still need, it's how about this? Use dog training. You need to understand how to use dog training. You need to know how to use food in dog training. People say clickers don't work. Sure they do. Clickers work great. But what are you doing? Do you know how to use a clicker? What are you using? What are you using? Because a, a clicker is just a marker. What are you using the marker for? Is your marker at the right time? Most folks don't even understand the basics of training, training a dog. Avi says, hi all, hello. Brittany, good morning, Avi. Diane, good morning, good morning, Travis. Good morning from Dog Walk Rehab. Good morning, Travis. 
Allison, good morning. Good morning, Phillips. I'll tell the residents of East Palestine, Ohio, the water is safe. Yep. A lot of a lot of countries out there don't have safe drinking water at all. And then in the U.S., a lot of our drinking water is terrible. It comes out of our taps. We test it. There's all kinds of little testing strips, electronic testing. Joel has this little testing tool. We, we can take filtered water. We can take bottled water, tap water, and then filtered water. And you can see the difference of, I'm not sure what chemicals, but different chemicals that are tested. And you'll see the difference between, say, 600 parts to six parts. 600 being bad, six being much better. Just by using one of those like Brita filters. Everyone like other trainers are jumping on the online training now. Have you noticed? Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. I think I think COVID started a lot of online training. Jojo says that's so true, Brittany. Yep. Um, I've heard to add he was 50 feet away. Kim, oh, with your dog going into the bush. Yep. Roy, my dog is getting aggressive at the fence line. Is there a video for that? I just told you how to do that. No video needed. Should have been um, the dog, though, there was at the cafe. Should have been doing doggy meditation. That's what some are calling place or settle. Now, place must sound too harsh. Well, we've been calling it doggy meditation for years. We see a lot of that. Like we, we've been doing this for a long, long time. And now people are, which is fine. I mean, it's not like we have a trademark on these names. We've been comparing place to doggy meditation. And, um, but it's not because place sounds harsh. I mean, maybe it does. I don't know. It doesn't sound harsh. Place, like go to your place, go to your spot, call it a bed. You can call it anything you want. But he says, I corrected fence fighting when the lady behind me got a dog. I sat on the steps and when my dogs ran to the fence to bark, I gave my dogs an act of God correction. Fence fighting is over. Yep. Just like that. Now I call my dogs off the fence and they know I mean business. Yep. Good morning, everyone. Have a fantastic day. Thank you. Different Brittany. Um, um, Megan, exactly with the e-collar. I'm on the fifth e-collar of Great Pyramids, Pyrenees training. The only thing to get them from eating their own shit is the e-collar. It's that simple. They get, they get, uh, they can get uh, so sick, etc. Not today. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of many, many, many ways to stop a dog from eating shit. Um, I find a knee cower the most effective. Other people might not, but it's a great tool to, to, to use for that. Good morning, beautiful people. Love you, Jeff. Love you too, Raquel. Mark is 100% behind knee cowers. Shit, it's 9.15. Kim, I think uh, a big problem is lack of information. I had two different trainers with, two, with different dogs, made my dog scream and jump on the first session. Uh, when they were training me how to use one dog was just standing at the facility and the other wasn't healing. He didn't even know how to heal at this time. Yeah. 
there's a lot of misinformed trainers, but there's misinformed trainers in, in every modality. There's bad trainers in every sport of dog training, in every service dog of dog training, in every therapy dog of dog training, in every pet dog of dog training, in every puppy raising of dog training. Dong says, uh, I'm learning to use mine correctly at the moment. There's been a big change in the house with dog chasing the cats. He's not solid yet, but the cats are getting noticed to be more comfortable around him. Good. Yep. And if your dog's chasing the cats, you make it suck for the dog chasing the cats. It's a great tool for that. Those are So those are all your corrective-based stuff. Ideas for treating an old English bulldog to tolerate grooming, nails, etc. It's just impossible to cut his nails. And we've got a video, a nail cutting video on our academy. If you go to academy, you'll see all of our courses. Academy dot. Telecanentraining.com. You'll see all of our courses there. Casa says, um, oh, she Castle's plugged the course. Thank you. Mike, the dog man, two thumbs up. Thank you, Constance. Hi, Jeff from Captain Bucket. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Angelo. Hello, everyone. Hi, Jeff. Um, this is Andy. Uh, related to e -coward. Does re removing the dog's testicles can lower aggression? Thank you for answering. I've never seen it, but I'm sure there's a dog out there that it's worked on. But all I can tell you is that Almost 100% of dogs that come to us for aggression have been desexed, male and female. That's all I can tell you. So that would be my, not just an opinion, I guess it would be an opinion based on my thousands and thousands of dogs of experience rehabbing aggressive dogs, but I would call that damn good fucking data that I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. And there's people out there that could say, well, if you remove the testicles, a chemical in the body, they lose a certain chemical in the body, which makes them less aggressive. Okay. Well, I guess that sounds good. But for some reason, I'm not seeing it. So I'm going to go with you have no balls and you're biting, you're getting into dog fights and biting humans. That's my, that's my perception of all of it. Just chilling. I uh, just came back from a great walk with my girl. She's doing much better, except that I had to, I had to, two out of control dogs charging us with two mildly owners. Yep. That happens. This happens all the time. Um, just showing on the net, we're really enjoying it. Awesome. It's really great. It's great. I think also a lot of people don't know, um, how awesome their dogs can be. I really, I mean, I really, people don't know how awesome their dogs can be. They just don't. Uh, John, Hey Jeff, thanks for being straight to the point and truthful with your training methods. I'm looking into getting e-counter for my six month old Roddy. Do you have any brands that you would recommend? Yeah. I mentioned those earlier in the show, John, maybe you didn't tune in. Um, E-Cower Technology and Dogtra are two brands that are, are been around and are fantastic tools to use. 
They come with this owner's manual. The manufacturers have uh, videos. We have videos on them. Many other people have videos as well. Bernie says, thank you for the advice. I will try that tonight. You're welcome, kangaroo. I had a woman comment to me, would you put a prong on your child? I said, yes, it will save its life. Then I told her my dog will raise how I want. Piss off, yeah. So that the person that said, would you put a a, a um, prong collar on your child is, well, she's an not very informed. I would ask this woman just a very, I would ask this woman a very simple question. Do you stand at pet food stores at the end of, and, and do you walk into a pet food store and when you see people picking out dog food, do you ask them, are they shopping for baby food? Go into a pet store and ask them if they're shopping for baby food. Then ask her to go to the cower and leash aisle and they're picking out which color of nylon leash they want that matches the nylon collar they're getting. And they're saying, that would look really good on your son or daughter. Right? Makes sense to me. Makes perfect sense to me. So if, if, if that's your mindset, I'll play your game. I'll play your silly game all day long. It's, that, that, that shows, we mentioned that earlier in the show, anybody that makes that statement is not informed and is not capable of actually rational thought. This morning, my dogs had, they eat raw. They had raw kidney raw pork, raw beef, raw duck neck, and about 12 different supplements. Now, would that woman come in my house or if I had a video saying, oh, I know, I know, I've seen Angelo in your videos, is that Angelo's breakfast? No, that's Tex and Wes's breakfast. And then when I fed them, then I made my breakfast and Angelo's breakfast, which was on the stove with eggs cooked.
Diane says, love your updates, Brittany. Jeff's response helps us all. Just chilling. Well done, Brittany. Brittany, we'll report back tomorrow. Thank you, Jeff, for everything. So glad to be here. Good. Diane, I love the e-collar. My Rottweiler goes crazy anytime an animal's on the TV. E-collar's great for that. I will throw the bonker right in, but uh, last night I put the e-collar on, gave a place command. He immediately went to place and completely ignored the TV. A little helpful hint for you, Diane. Correct first, then do the obedience. Correct first, stop the problem, then do the obedience. Peggy said, thank you. Yep, leash is on. Okay, good. So then just use just leash pressure. You can also use remote pressure too for the brake. Should you always train with a slip lead type collar or is it a regular collar okay if electronic collar prong not needed? Yeah, you don't have to use a prong, but you can do a slip or a, a regular collar. Something they can't slip out of though. Larry says, thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Sid, when we train with e-cowers off leash, the dogs just want to hang out around us. They're under voice control. And we decide how far away they can go as well, right? And they're not hanging around us because they're afraid of being shocked. Like, they're not hanging around us because they, I mean, don't we want to hang around our, our dogs? Hey there, are you on Patreon Zoom this afternoon? Yes, I am. I'll put the link up after this. Five o'clock. Uh, vets, rescue organizations, humane societies all push fixing to point you feel like you're doing something wrong if you don't. Um, Jeffrey, that's if, so I don't feel, I, I, don't, I, I don't feel I'm doing something wrong. I, I don't feel I'm doing something wrong. So um, I am not vaccinated. Joelle is not vaccinated and Angelo is not vaccinated. I do not feel that I caused any deaths of anybody out there because I'm unvaccinated. I do not feel that I, uh, as uh, Neil Tyson, uh, the astronomer who has no business talking about COVID, in my opinion, uh, was in a argument with Patrick Bet David that I broke any social contract. That it's my duty to keep other people healthy. My duty to keep other people healthy and to lower your insurance rates is by staying in good physical fitness. But I, I don't believe, but so um, I'm not pressured by public pressure at all. So they can, the vet can try to shame me. I would change vets. The rescue organization, Humane Society would try. I would tell them to mind their own business. And I would make my own decisions. I would become informed, like I became informed about the vaccination by listening to lots of people, not, not politicians, but people that actually know stuff like Dr. Malone and people that he's affiliated with who were banned 
So he must be wrong and he's not wrong. Big tech just censored him because big tech is in, is in bed with big pharma and the government. John says, thanks, Jeff. Jennifer says, good morning, good morning. Brittany, Jeff, you and the three dogs on bike ride goals. Yeah, I think she's putting that video up today. Said, people that come here see my digs and are amazed how calm and happy they are trained with e-commerce instruction. Yeah, you get that all the time. Kangaroo, I've chosen to rethink spaying my dog at two years old. Until then, she will develop properly. I might not even do it at all. I have more time with this dog at my, in my older years of life. Yeah. All right, everybody. Time to go. 9.30. Damn, these shows are going too long. All right. Love everybody. Um, all my Patreon members, I'll see you on the face-to-face, voice-to-voice Zoom Q&A. If you're not a Patreon member, look into it. Um, it's 10 bucks a month. And um, let me put up the link. www.patreon.com slash so I get on training, enjoying that. And I will see everybody. Later.